Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Remember When We Were Mint podcast. <laughs> Is that official now? I'm, I'm, I love that name. I'm going to change it. You know do you know what I mean? we need to do? do you like, we've just seen some of the t-shirts that we were selling there. Yes. Um, some belters. Yeah, they are. Including the Marshall FC one, which yeah. I'm not a member of. You're not a member. Like, but I like, like the t-shirt. The t-shirt. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, what I will say is, we need something like, any of you little graphic designers out there want to do this? Or Bocker, if you're watching. Do you know the, the trim? I'm sure you do, on the, the greatest achievement in world football ever. Yes. That trim on that shirt. Oh, yeah. Someone maybe needs to do like a and j or Housen's Brew, but with that sort of trim. Ah, right, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now, now you're talking my language, brother. Yeah. Like that. Get on to Bocco if, no one, if, he's, if he's, well, if he's watching, he'll see this, but if he's not, we'll get on to him. Yeah. yeah. Um, and also... I was chatting to Randy Mullenstein last night about the. Mate, I am so jealous. I don't even know why I'm talking to you. (laughs) Honestly, I'm not even. You know what? I am not joking. Like everything, it came up organically. Because, like, you may have noticed when me and Steve interviewed Renny, I was looking at Renny like he was Sunday dinner. (laughs) I was like gazing into his eyes as he spoke because it was mesmerizing. And it's a treat, you know, with massive United fans. And to hear a coach who was there during the most successful period in the history or one of our most successful period in anyone's history was amazing so it was mesmerizing i loved it and then when i see you going back and forth with him all night and chatting about all sorts well it's it's great it is great i was, I jealous, I was chatting to him about um johan cruyff because right? i've just finished cruyff's autobiography right it's fucking good does he mention how he came up against the greatest team in the history of club football he does in 91 what was also very very because I, I didn't know what he thought about United, right. and I didn't have any sort of misconceptions or prejudices about what I thought he might think about us. Mm. But when he talks about um, Barcelona yeah. uh, and the way Jordi was treated at Barcelona, it was like, and thank God, Manchester United came in for him. Yeah. A great club with great people. Sir Alex Ferguson's brilliant, and I was like, I didn't know this was his view. I didn't know this was his opinion on our club. And he was like, and do you know what? It didn't work out for him, but they give him a go. Yeah. And then he went to Alaves and, you know, blah, 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 blah. Injuries finished him. Now he's coaching. He's lost all his hair. So that was, no, the, no, not. <laughs> that was the sort of juxtaposition. But yeah, he does mention um, Rotterdam, <laughs> obviously. But then as we were talking to Rennie, I was like, what? From the outside, yeah. Johan Cruyff, Dutch legend. Yeah. I was like, what is on the inside? What is Johan Cruyff to Dutch people? And he went, it's the fucking greatest player I've ever played a game. And I was like, all right, I can see that. Yeah. And I said, as a United fan, we grew up with so many legends. Yeah. You know, 
your granddads are telling you about George Best and Bobby Charlton and Duncan Edwards and Dennis Law and you know Brian Robson is like around him. He's probably a little bit younger than you, but like then you got Cantona and you've got your gigs. Isn't yeah. there was no time to be educated about Johan Cruyff? Was that the same no. for you? Yeah, no, hundred percent, mate. You've nailed it. Um, I grew up obviously like yourself, United dad. Got to games when I was young. It was all about United. Not saying like you know you don't watch other football, you don't hear about other football. But when my dad used to talk about other players, he'd talk about players like Maradona. But even that gets a United slant. Robbo had him in his pocket. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And, and then when I started going more, I saw that great Barcelona team, not the one in '91 that we beat in '94. So I saw like Romario, Cumin, uh, those types of players, and you're like, you know, you're forming your own opinions. Like these you already quite played in that game. Did it? I don't even fucking remember that. Um, so you know about these players. Obviously, you know about Johan Cruyff, but it's not Hamid Holmes. But I'm pretty like, sure he played in that game. Like it was with the best. I'm the same as you. Best law. You know, my dad raved about George Best. And my dad was devastated, as I'm sure a lot of fans of a certain age were when he passed away. Mm. I mean, he was he was gutted. Like, do you know what I mean? Um, truly gutted. And I think that, you know, you get that talk to you and you know about it. And you care, and it sounds a little bit sort of naive, not naive, but narrow-minded, but you care more about that. So I'm more likely to want to know about George Best and look yeah, up videos and, than I am for Pele or Joe, your, and uh, also, Johan Cruyff or anyone in else. in fucking 1990, it wasn't like Google was a thing. No. YouTube was a thing. It was like, oh, this player was great. And you go, uh, yeah. that's that then. That's yeah. a fact. Oh, there's a documentary on him, you know, at three o'clock in the morning on a Tuesday on Channel 4 one day for the next five years and that's your lot. And it's in Israeli, but yeah, it's, it's good. That's though. it. Like there was no like you say in Google, was it? It was like, you know, you might be able to read up on him, but you couldn't just go and have a search and watch some videos on him. So no, I didn't know a lot about those types of players other than reputation. That's, that in that's great, isn't it? Is that 11 versus 11? Yeah. Um, but I knew, obviously, that Cruyff was a alleged bit of a Strange one as well, isn't it? He didn't, go, he didn't play in the 78 World Cup, didn't he? Because he said, what happened there? Come on, so you've read his book, tell he, me. He decided he was going to retire at 31. So retired at 31. Sounds a bit like Eric Cannon, doesn't it? <laughs> and I think he said, I think he retired like the May before the World Cup in the June. What? Why? Because he said he was retiring at 31 and he was like, well, I don't want to be thinking about retiring when I'm at a World Cup. He's mental, right? But don't you think, though, with the Dutch? And I don't mean to be like racist. But like Dutch have the like very set in the ways, aren't they? Sometimes I think so. Like they don't mess about, do they? No, they're mental. <laughs> I think I might be Dutch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do when you see like Dutch people are always fucking arguing, and I was like, yeah, it's like you know what I mean. Like House, they have their own way. Like said aggressively, it's a Dutch name. Yeah, House, yeah, <laughs> it's true. That it's that's a good point. But like. All the like, even the great, the great Dutch players, they've got an edge to man. They like Van Nistelrooy yeah. had an edge. Yeah. Like Van Persie had an edge. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, Louis yeah, they, yeah. Fight you. Yeah. Like, do you know what I mean? So it's like, and like, what I love about Cruyff is, it's a bit like, it's on a different level, like with Kino. But with, with Cruyff, it's like, go to this World Cup. We've probably got the best team in the World Cup. You're probably gonna win it. We came, got to the final last time. You come, you'll win it. No. What? But, so, but you'll win the World Cup? No. He was in the commentary box with BBC for it. But what's funny is he goes, I was sitting there going, no, I should have gone. Because <laughs> did they lose in extra time? Lost, yeah. I think they were, they were the fav- they were the overwhelming favourites, but I think Germany won it. No, no, it was uh, Argentina. Sorry. Did they lose in extra time? Oh, I can't remember. It was Whatever in, it was. Yeah. And he was like, I was sitting there going, I don't mean to brag, but I'm pretty good. Probably would have made the difference in this game. 
Oh, I should have gone. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's like, yeah. But what was also under wraps at the time was um, he had uh, armed fucking robbers coming into his house trying to kidnap him. Um, and he was like, when that happens, you kind of don't want to leave your wife and kids alone and fuck off to the other side of the world. Right, okay. Which is more understandable. Yeah. Listen, you know, I'm not knocking. He's got his reasons and if his family, you know, were suffering or whatever, and I get, I get it. But it is... You know, it's a mad story, isn't it? The fact that you had a player who was... I don't think any player's been as guaranteed to win the World Cup as he would have been had he played. Do you know what I mean? It is literally like, if you come here, it's in the back. It's not like Roy Keane in 2006. No, I mean, mate, don't get me started on that because I argue that he could have won it. <laughs> right, all right, we're going to go down this rabbit hole, Steve. No, Steve, do you know what, mate? You said it, right? And I've had this on Twitter with someone because, you know, I like to argue on Twitter. Right. <laughs> Sorry, all right, mate. just clip this up. Send it me later. Yeah? Thank you. Right. Ireland in 2002, where did they get to? The last 16, isn't it? I couldn't. And they get knocked out on penalties, right? So they would have won that game with Roy Keane in that team. He's the difference between them losing that game on penalties and winning it in normal time. Roy Keane in his peak is the massive difference in that game. Right? right? I'll, I'll accept. And the, I, think the route, I think the next game would have been South Korea. So they couldn't have beat them. What? I mean, there was Something a, like that. There was a path. It wasn't. There was a rumour that they were doping, Jay. All right, okay. I think it was something like Turkey, South Korea. I might have started the rumour. Right, okay. But there was a route to the... Oh, someone's saying in the quarters. Forgive me if I'm wrong, it's the quarters. There was a route to that final that wasn't the most difficult route. It was doable. And let's not forget, in 2002, Roy Keane was ridiculous. He was. Just past his peak. Yeah, but, but still, still... Do you know mean, what I mean? That much past Yeah. Like, we're talking Robbo in 92. Yeah? So, still the best player in the pit, on the pitch, right? 99 times out of 100. So I think he could have got him to the final, and it's a final. Anything can happen. Anything can happen in a final. Didn't didn't Brazil play South Korea in the semi? All right, yeah, something like that. I can't remember. So I think Brazil ride Ireland. Right. All right. It'd have been hard. It'd been difficult. So when you say no players guaranteed to win a World Cup as much as Roy Keane. No, no, no. I didn't say Roy Keane. I'm saying, you were saying that wouldn't have happened, but I'm saying he had a chance. I think he had a chance. Do you know what I mean? No one would have given Greece a chance in the Euros in 2004, whenever it was. So it can happen. I mean, it's it's very unlikely, even I'll admit that. But it's still a possibility. You got to the quarters. Hell of a hill to die on saying that you think Ireland would have won a World Cup in 2002. Easily, Jay. Easily. What? Brazil? Ronaldo, what have they ever done? Shit, mate. What have they ever done? <laughs> exactly. Ronaldinho, never heard of him, mate. Anyway. Rivaldo, bore off. Um, so, yeah. So, Cruyff didn't go into the 78 one. Yeah. Um, but, fuck me. Not only what a player, but what a mind. Yeah. Because Ajax seem to only just be sort of putting into play the shit that... Like, Ajax are considered a well-run club. Yeah. Right. Apart from what the last couple of weeks sort of tells us. Yeah. They forgot to register a player for the end of the window. They just got popped for drugs. There's some other shit gone west. <laughs> On the face of things, they're a well-run club. Yeah. <laughs> um, and a lot of that is because Cruyff was like, fuck these executives off. I want footballers making decisions. He goes, and I don't just want footballers making decisions. I want them qualified. Like, I want them to go to school. I want them to go and get experience. And then I want them to make decisions. That's now you see Van der Sar as CEO. You see Mark Overmars as... Technical director, I think he is. Right, okay. You see Dennis Burkamp is over doing like youth development or something like that. 
This is fucking quality. That's such a dream team, isn't it? Yeah. If you imagine being Ajax fan, you look. I mean, compared to when you some sort of see other clubs and our own, some of the higher ups that make decisions, not the manager obviously, but above him. And then you look at that, and it's like, all right, so who's who's like the CEO, Van der Sar? Oh yeah, he's yeah. pretty good. Him. He won the Champions League. Yeah, yeah. I remember. Kind of knows what he's doing. Uh, yeah. All right. And not only that, do you see there their fans like um, during first lockdown? I was I noticed it the most. Edwin's like working from home in his little office, wearing an Ajax kit. <laughs> you can't, you can't get mad at that, can no, you? No, I love Van Sarne. Yeah, and now imagine he was United CEO. So instead of that fucking turd, <laughs> right? Oh, sorry, he's not actually CEO technically, Steve. He's executive vice chairman, which just sums it up, doesn't it? What, what is that? What's that? Why is he giving himself what? that title? What is that? No one else calls themselves that. So why is he? What is that? I know. Uh, anyway, um, oh yeah, so they've been South Korea in the semis. Yeah. And then, uh, sorry, South Korea in the quarters, Germany in the semis. Right, and it wasn't a, yeah, do Germany. Crap, mate. <laughs> right. Um, so yeah, the, um, what was I saying? You were saying about Edward van der Sar setting it, setting uh, yeah. his Ajax kit. Imagine him sitting there in a United kit. Min. Probably still get abuse on Twitter yep. because, you know, a lot of knobs followers. <sighs> um, I don't know if you read that out. Did you read that out, Peter Keller? Yes. Oh, sorry. Cheers for the super, super Peter. Chat. Peter is always a big uh, friend of the channel. Peter, appreciate your support. Um, yeah, it's, it feels like Oli's doing that at the coaching level, though. Getting the, the bods in. Like, you, you Michael Carrick, Darren Fletcher's, you Nicky Butts. I just love to see uh, the, the suits above him have, you know, a clue. The whole fucking reason for this yarn, anyway, that Go was on. going on is, because um, I was like, did you ever meet... Um, Johan Cruyff to Rene and he was like yeah and then he sends me a picture and it's literally him and Johan Cruyff and he was like it was well as at Barcelona and I was like Rene you know when he was at Barcelona don't you all roads <laughs> he messaged me right he messaged me and he goes Jay all roads lead to one place <laughs> <laughs> no matter what we always end up there and rightly so um, it was a cool World Cup 2002 it was. It was a, a cool World Cup. I enjoyed that World Cup, sort of. I swapped shirts with a lady. Um, and we both weren't wearing bras. It was top. Where was this? Bar Centro in Ashton at 9.30 in the morning. Bar Centro in Ashton? Ah. Um, yeah, I I, um, I remember the I was wearing a game. Kevin Keegan wig. Fucking hell. Right. <laughs> Jesus, whaps. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, though, when we beat Argentina, I was buzzing. I was 17, Jay. I was 22. Beckham, Beckham getting his goal, man. Have you ever seen a, an harder hit penalty? No. I, I love the fact he that... There's a brief that. moment where Michael Owen thinks he's taking it. <laughs> <laughs> Move out of the fucking way. <laughs> silly. But I've got a Ballon d'Or. No, I don't care. I've got a finished business, son. <laughs> um, Annie Bro says... Give it up at 7am. Annie Bro says... Fucking kids today don't know. <laughs> All the recent, I'm going to keep interrupting you. All the fucking kids today have had World Cups at good times. Russia was amazing. It was yeah. like it was made for European audience, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, where was the one before Russia? Brazil. That wasn't terrible times. That no. was during the day here. That was fucking class. Before that one, Brazil, 2010. Jesus. Now I was there for Now that. you're going back. I went to Brazil. UK times, fine. No, no. I went to South Africa in 2010, sorry. And Brazil was 2014. Yeah. So 2010. Yeah. Fine, South great Africa. times for us because I think 
South Africa's on the same time as UK, I think. I can't remember. Some bananas like that. Uh, before that, Germany, Europe, sound. So that was the last good time. That was the last time we had a World Cup, which was had belting yeah, kickoff times. Because didn't England play Brazil in the morning? Literally just said, I was queuing up outside Sorry, the pub I was at 7 I was trying to, I was trying to read the comments. In fucking morning, Jay. Before Sorry. I was going to college. <laughs> college. <laughs> can't imagine you at college. Um, Annie Bro says, do you, do, you read, do you read comments? Not really, Annie. Sometimes. Unless it depends what they're about. If, they're, if you want to read it, mention the 1991 European Cup. Then you've got half a chance. And then we might read it. Um, well, we do. Um, yeah. Do you know what I remember about World Cup as well? Hang on. Let me see. I'll Kevin... tell you what, you can ask your mate this. Was it the Kevin Keegan wig? Ask your mate this. Denmark, is he claiming that goal? Oh, Rio? Yeah. I watched that... He did a dance. He celebrated it. I watched that particular game yeah. in the Lake District. Did you? Mm. Ah. I watched it. I can't remember I watched it, but I watched it at someone's flat, actually, in town. But I remember Rio started dancing, Michael Owen peeled off, celebrating, and the bookies paid out on both. Because I had Owen 3 now, and they paid out. And they, paid, they also paid out. It made a big World, England World Cup fever. Um, so, yeah, find, ask, find out if, I, if, he, if he claimed it and if, he, if it counts. So, 2021 is looking up, um, hopefully, um, which means there should be lots of opportunities for you to grow your business and for you to hire more employees. It's something that we've been doing here at Stratford Paddock. We've been growing since we took over um, and hiring people. And one of the ways we've been doing that is via LinkedIn jobs, because what that can do is help you find match your role with a qualified candidate so you can find the right person and do it quickly. And when you've been looking around, I've been having a little look on LinkedIn and it's just, it's it's pretty amazing because it's it's such a massive community. I think there's over 30 million in the UK. Um, it, it sort of, it, it helps you s- s- go to the, the roles and the people, sorry, that you're looking for. You can see who's got the qualifications and the experience that you need. And it's just a sort of, it stops it being a long drawn out process and, and just sort of channels it so it's nice and quick and easy. And you can get the best candidates for your for your jobs. And it's something that we've used now and we've got people working for us that we found via LinkedIn. So I can't recommend it enough. And we've teamed up with, with LinkedIn. Um, so when your business is ready to make that next hire uh, and find the right person with LinkedIn jobs, if you have a look on LinkedIn jobs, of course. Um, and now the, the, the good thing is you can post for free. So just visit linkedin.com slash devils. Again, that's linkedin.com slash devils. And you can post th- thanks to that link. The link's in the description for free. So as I said earlier, loads of candidates there over 30 million no matter what the role you should be able to find or you will be able to find the right candidate via linkedin jobs and thanks to that link i've just described there the offer we've got on you can get it for free so terms and conditions apply have a look uh, luke h says kino would have slapped that fringe of r9's mallet do you reckon he was halfway through a barbers and he's like you got a game <laughs> shit all right <laughs> <laughs> let's just go <laughs> when did you lose interest in the england national team uh Go on. I'd say the, the morning after Beckham's red card. That's a great shout out, mate. Read yeah. the f- when I wake up and see a fucking dartboard with yeah, David no, Beckham on it. Yeah, that's a really good shout. All right, I'm out. Yeah. Fuck you. Yeah. Uh, and fuck England. Uh, I'm, I was similar. I mean, you tend to get sometimes caught up in it a little bit, like say with 2002, with Beckham sort of backing it and, uh, you know, scoring against Alan Cena. 2018, I, f- I quite got into it because of you know, Marcus and Jesse and things like that. And the fact it was, a, 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 a in, in England terms, a fairly likeable England team because they didn't have any Gerrards or John Terry's who I cannot get behind. I used to wind up, like, sitting I can't get behind up on Facebook. I mean, like, 
they were like coming in and like I'm supporting supporting Serbia in this one because of Vidic. <laughs> <laughs> like it's mad though, isn't it? Because some people may remember, but after the Beckham red card, which was never a card anyway, um, it was horrible, wasn't it? Burning effigies, was it up some part? Burning effigies. The whole of them missing stand up if you ain't man you. Yeah. There's five United players on the team. Death threats. What you want about? Yeah. Chance to his mouth, his missus, and he, you know, they went on for years as well, you know, his, his kids and everything. Like you say, the dartboard on the back of the paper, the, you know, dross like 10 brave lions and one stupid boy as the headline. I remember one of the headlines. Just utter. I was garbage. watching the national football, hoping United players did well, yeah, no matter who they played and for. That's not being a top red. It's just no, natural. and that includes England. When yeah. um, and the only time I actually give a fuck, and I don't actually remember whether I was giving a fuck or not. Um, I was seeing a bird. She lived in Uddersfield, and um, Uddersfield, she, Uddersfield, no H in that. And she was working in the city centre. She was Down like the pit. <laughs> Down the mines. Just a normal job, bullshit Saturday job you do at college yeah, and that, right. and. Um, so it's two, was it October 2001? Something like that. So, I don't know if you've been to Huddersfield. It's like going back 24 years in time. It's been misses in the comments. She supports Belgium. Because no of Fellaini. Yeah. yeah, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> sorry, Steve. <laughs> <sorry, stay. laughs> we were talking, me and her, we were having, sorry to interrupt you, mate. We were having this conversation once, and she was going on about the run that they'd had to the semis. And I was talking about the same thing. We realised I'm too because I'm talking about England. She's talking about Belgium. <laughs> so what the fuck are you on about? But yeah, go on. So yeah, going to Uddersfield, it's like going back to 1987. I went to Uddersfield once. Did you come back with a sheep? I, 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 I can't remember. I might have done. Mm. Yeah, I think I did actually. So I was walking around. Is it a city? I think it's a city, isn't it? Uddersfield. It's got a unit. Has it got a unit? Yeah. Right. It's, is it one of those cities like Preston where it's a city on a technicality? Oh, right. Okay. Maybe. Yeah. Well, it's got a church. Salford. Yeah. I'm not saying that out loud. <laughs> Salford's God's country. Uh, Salford is a city and it's a real city. Yeah. And I apologise. Um, but So I'm walking around Huddersfield and I'm trying to find somewhere with the match on. I'm like, what sort of fucked up inbred place is this? Now? <laughs> I can't even fucking watch the match. Not only am I stuck here... <laughs> Having a fucking wait for my bird, like a dick. I'm now having a fucking mooch around the gaff, trying to find somewhere with a working colour TV in 2001, Jay. 20 years ago. Jesus, I'm old. Anyway, so I end up having to walk. I mean, it's all hills in Huddersfield. You go uphill, yeah. Yeah, you turn a corner, you go back uphill, yeah. right? So I found a pub. I think I found a pub. Turns out I'm in a biker bar. It's like a fucking Huddersfield Hell's Angels. All right, all right, realistically, it's a lot of dudes that look like me what, now. What type of inbred place is right. this? In 2001, I was pure boy band material. Now I look like a biker, right? I know, I've seen a picture of you like back in the day. You don't look like you. No. You just don't. It looks Maybe like that's a, why some people a, never a, saw me at games, yeah, Jay. Another, yeah. <laughs> you just don't. It's just like another person. Yeah. Um, <laughs> literally half a person. But anyway, so I fucking, I goes and gets in this bar. It's about five minutes before I realise, 17-year-old Steve, fit and all. Right. But, yeah. but pure boy band material. Yeah, he is. I know you don't believe it, but you're telling the truth. And um, and I get a fucking like glass of Coke or something mad like that. Because I'm 17, I'm not drinking. And then I have a fucking scout out of the place. And I'm like, loads of dudes in here wearing leather vests. Shirtless. Stay. There's two possible bars that can be. Exactly. And we're not However, here to judge. Do you know what I mean, mate? If you went to a gay bar in Huddersfield, there's nothing wrong with that. It's fine. Oh, it wasn't a gay bar. It was a biker bar. Right, all right. It was a gay bar. Might have smelled nicer. All right, fair enough. Because this smelled like pure fucking hay, right? <laughs> anyway, 
They brought sausages out, which was belting. By is the way. that a euphemism? Nope. Are you sure it wasn't a gay bar? hundred <laughs> percent. They brought like sausage and onion gravy out, and they just put them on the side and was like, dig in. And then they had like buttered bread, and I was like, this is fucking class. This is quality. They had a match on. Right. Um, I'm liking this. And then when Beckham scored, so I've watched it. Yeah. And um, and I probably did what everyone did. Like, why is he having another fucking free kick? Yeah, yeah. You fucking couldn't hit a barn door today, lad. Yeah. Then he fucking top bins it. The whole fucking place goes off, doesn't it? Yeah. And they they had Steiners, the other two pint Steiners, yeah. Steiners all round. I ended up forgetting that I was going to meet my missus <laughs> and just getting smashed with all these bikers. <laughs> <laughs> this sounds quality. They give you free. Sausages. Sausage and gravy. Yeah, with which onions. Is mint. onions. onions. Onion quality. gravy as well, so you know it's oh, good onion mate, gravy. That's such a... F- that's, that's mint. That's amazing. Mm. And then also, then they're bringing out free Steiners. Where here in the city centre, we're, you know what, we're out in the street on I the street. I guarantee that's probably like an EDL HQ. Yeah. It may There's be a good, a, good chance Yeah, of to be fair, I don't know if they'd have let me in. <laughs> I don't know if I'd have been getting sausage and onions you and, and Steiners and that. <laughs> <laughs> I might have been getting a style of wrap around my head, but do you know what I mean? Happy days. Sausage and gravy, says Ross Murphy. Like a deep tray oh, of it. Oh, mate. Deep. That's quality, that. Do you, do you sit there, you like, watching a match? Some sausages doing over there. <laughs> Can't go first. There might be etiquette here. He's going up, he looks like he works here. <laughs> Can't be second. <laughs> Just give it a minute. Don't want them to go cold though. That's thick gravy though. <laughs> Look how thick the butter is on that bread. Amen. <laughs> I would think absolutely a lot less of you if you told me to get involved. In fact, I'd probably leave. I'd be like, this isn't the guy for No, I'll probably try to stick four in one fucking yeah. round of bread. <laughs> no, no, it fits. It fits. It fits. It fits. No, I like holding it on my hand sometimes. <laughs> that works as housing at a sausage fest in a biker's bar. <laughs> what could possibly go wrong? That's actually true. Everything you've just said in that, that comment. Don't worry about it. Only a northerner would get a stiffy over gravy. Rightly so. Says uh, Dara Burke. Jake was thick gravy. Mate. Like, if you go to some southern shandy drinking fucking gravy place, right? Yeah. You're going to get a wet hand. I didn't get a wet hand. No. Not even there's, a wet hand. Gravy's not, you know, there's different sides of gravy. Thick butter as well, Jake. Oh, mate. Like, it's the butter's melted and liquefied oh, now, mate. and that's running Hold down on. It's running down my chin, Jake. Seriously. <laughs> Northern lads love gravy. Fucking do we. Yeah, I know. It's men, isn't it? I've Imagine not having gravy. Conflict. It was a I was in Andover once. Right. Geezer walked in, asked for battered sausage and chips. Right. And then left. What? So what about? I was like, what are you going to fucking put on? I think you had a word. Sand <laughs> to fucking dry it out a bit. What are you talking about? <laughs> Oi, you, what did you just ask for? Smile with you. Or if they have curry sauce, Jay, comes in a packet. It's disgusting, that. doesn't count. That is horrible. It's, it's actually wrong. Well, hey, repping Andover, says CTB. Santa I've made Nuts food says, sexual. Have I made food sexual? Why do you think I'm fucking as fat as I am? <laughs> Someone says, should Paddock branch into food reviews? <laughs> Christopher Hawkins. <laughs> this is my <laughs> favourite ever super chat. Read it out with the respect it deserves. It says, super chat, just out of respect for gravy. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, Christopher Hawkins, you've smashed it, son. 
Um, do you remember the Royal... This is Ross Murphy Super Chat. He says, do you remember the Royal Family Christmas episode where the daughter invites the whole family over for grieving the gravies full of water? Yeah, I remember that. Do you know what I love about that as well? She says... I, I can't remember. I think it's like Bisto or something, isn't it? She says, oh, do you like it? It's my mum's recipe. <laughs> The royal family's genius. It is amazing. Hey, they mentioned draws on that as well, which meant everyone oh, went nuts in our house. Oh, no, no. They really? Yeah, apparently it's posh. Where is it meant to be set if Drawlson's posh? I don't know, because it's weird, because the kids are obviously mank. James pe- Scouser. It's, it's obviously Manchester. It's yeah. Manchester area, like, because Ralph Little and, and obviously Carolina Heard. Um, Jim's a Scouser. Sue Johnson's, like, Beatles-type Scouser. And then Twiggy's a Scouser as well. But Darren as well, our mate Andrew Wyman's Manx, so they're all the youngsters. You know, I was in a pantomime with him. Was Andrew Wyman? I was 11. Seriously? 100% true story. I mean, you wouldn't make that up. That's not something you'd make up. Mm. I was in a pantomime with Andrew Wyman, were you? Sadly, a big deal, is it? <laughs> no. Oldham Theatre Workshop. Really? In Oldham. That's meant that. He stands, he used to stand, when I stand in Jay, he was in front of me. Um, sort of like that, actually. Massive United fan. Um, yeah, I think, I think, I've always thought of it as like... I was a rat, sulfur. by the way. He was the king rat and I was a rat. See, careers went different paths. Mm. Yeah. You know what I mean, we have to get him. You know what? We spoke to him once on message him. He's on about coming on a podcast. We'll have to reach out to him and get him on here when we all this nonsense ends. Mind you, we can still get him on now. Yeah, let's do that. We've still got some tests left. Yeah, let's do it. Um, pie and mash, says Jesse Saylor. Not for me. Not without a load of gravy on it. Have you seen, like, pie and mash in, in out there, London? It's green, Jay. What's all that about? What's that shit they put on it? What is that? What's that all about? I saw. I think Rio's done a fucking like, oh, a documentary it? Have a word. about that. And so's uh, Why? David Beckham. And the, <sighs> the, the restaurants that they go into, I don't know if you call it a restaurant or a cafe, they look nice. Like there's an old school vibe about them that I kind of dig. But then you go, what's that green shit, mate? <laughs> I did a thing at uni once where pie and, pie and mash. And it was like they were talking a foreign language when we were in there. Me and one of these girls. In what the is the green shit? I, I don't even it's know. like parsley sauce. Yeah, or something, it's something like, like that. that. And it's like this in East End, mate. What? Yeah. What are you on about? So cotton in the riddle. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Dad was fucking painful. Yeah, fucking pain. it, it fucking hurts, all right. Fucking hurts. Jesus. Hey, have you got any gravy, mate? <laughs> hey, do chip bombs? <laughs> Muffins. Yeah. Whoa. Whoa. Re- whoa. Muffin. Really? Yeah. I didn't know this. Muffin. About you. Muffin. Whoa, 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 It's a fucking whoa. muffin, Jay. It's not a muffin. It's a balm. No, it isn't. So you go, when you ask for a chip balm, you ask for a chip muffin? No, because I asked for a chip muffin. Oh, for fuck's sake. East Manchester, man. Get a grip. So it's like a different world over there. Do you know what I mean? Joyle's done way and Ash done way. More fucking serial killers, though. That's a very good point. And potentially... That's a very good point. The world's best. Number one, shipment. Did I tell you about the time I did a... I don't know, I shouldn't even tell you this, but I will tell you anyway. And I'm not mocking it. Did he so. kill more old people than COVID? I don't know. I don't think he did. But I remember. He died. It was a highway, wasn't it? Highway. And, like, there was there was a shooting there once. And I remember going there. And I said it was, you know, it was when Dale Cregan was about. And I said, you know, we've had these shootings here, and there's two police officers been shot. And I said, the eyes of the world are on this town. And I, I interviewed this guy. I just asked him, I said to him, like, you know, People look at this town and they'll think it's, it's, it's a horrible place. You know, what would you say to those people? And he said, well, he said... Um, yeah, it is. He said, he said, Myra Hindley grew up down the road. <laughs> he said, Harold Shipman was a local doctor. And he said, and now these two police officers have been shot. He said, but other than that, it's a lovely area. 
Yeah, but other than that, mate, other than what the one of the three worst crimes in British history. Jay, they're decades apart. Do you know? Oh, well, in that case, you know what I'm saying. Do you know what I mean? What's the schools like round here? I'm thinking of moving. Honestly, oh, underpopulated. Absent, yeah, empty. Absent Duck says it's muffin up here in Berry Jay. There you go. You've just lost some brownie points you, you, on Berry side. Are so you? what? Yeah, but bam. What the fuck is that? Andy Jarvis says, Jay, while you've gone from dividing the nation by nation, then by north and south, then by east and west of your own city in one conversation. Yeah. That's what I mean. You Don't get me started. Erms and Eccles and Salford, get in a fucking corner <laughs> over there. The rest of Manchester will be all right. Get involved in the comments, man. Back me up. There's far too many muffins going on here. Where's the bam brigade at? Right, listen. Sometimes you can't beat the smell of good bread, can you? No, you can't. And you can't beat the, the smell of manscapes. Wow. Not only effortless, seamless. Did it make your ball smell good? Right. Now your face can smell good too, or other parts of your body. Is this Not. why you smell a bit nicer today? I always smell fragrant. You, you do, but you smell a little bit nicer today, is it? Because you've been using Manscapes refined. That's because I am refined, Jay. You are refined. So, um, hang on. It says do not read this. <laughs> why the fuck would you put do not read? Oh my god! <laughs> why would you put do not read in the middle of an ad? This is the what that, do you think is going to happen? Yeah, what is going on here? This isn't what you should be showing him. <laughs> I'm worried. Scroll down. I can't read the whole line that says "Do not read." <laughs> it says "Don't read." All oh, right, right. I'm with you now. Right. Don't talk about your balls on this one. Sound. <laughs> right. Here's what it says. Everyone knows Manscapes is the. Per- it says today in front of the words. Come on, man. Play the game. There we go. Everyone knows Manscapes. As the perfect package 3.0 for yes. all of your below the waist grooming needs. But they don't stop there, Jay. They don't, do they? Complete your grooming game with the refined cologne, the signature scent by Manscaped. I'm going to open a box, Jay. Go on, go for it. Do you know what I like about that? I like the wooden lid. Good, no. Is it? It is good. Right, slider. Slide I can't because it. it's not sanitary. All oh, right, okay. Well, uh, with the same signature scent that is in all of Manscaped's formulas, the cologne—that means perfume for blokes. Right, is a perfect complement to any collection. It's light, it's approachable, and it's gentlemanly in all the right ways. Think of it as your wingman. Nice. Every night to keep you fresh and ready for anything, like skydiving. Exactly. Great you, analogy. Imagine having bo when you're skydiving. Nothing worse. Don't need that. You want to smell Embarrassing. Fresh. Yeah. Especially because you usually, if you're, unless you're a professional skydiver, you're usually like baby beyond to a whole other dude. You don't want him going, Jesus, this guy smells this like... This guy absolutely like reeks. beans and feet. Do you know what I mean? Uh, it's calming. It's inviting. And it's a signature scent that introduces a light citrus burst before settling into the anchoring notes of the, what? What? Where? where um, a woodsy masculine finish, apparently. 50 mil spray is even more hypoallergenic, cruelty-free, dye-free, paraben-free, and it's 100% vegan. Well, that's me sold. It's a beautifully designed glass bottle. Look, it's aftershave. It's all right smelling. Crack on. And you can get 20% off and free shipping by going to manscaped.com and using the code HOUSEN20. Your balls and now your body will thank you. That's manscaped.com, 20% off. Crack on. I think you did really well there. I smashed it, I think. I don't even think... I didn't even get the impression you were reading that. It seems to be just natural. Yeah. Especially with that whole do not read part. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I'm not even blaming you for that. I'm blaming Baggers who's producing for putting that on the screen. 
the first just line to confuse the issue. Do not read. Do not read. Jesus. Let's never let's never do that again. Um someone's saying gravy balls. Uh <laughs> hashtag gravy balls, says Chris Man United Devil. <laughs> oh, gravy. <laughs> so what else was call it a sani? Yeah. Well that that's uh, going back to Benny Millenstein and Johan Cruyff. Oh yeah. He sent you a picture, didn't he? Hmm. Can you not share that? I told you that before. Yeah, that's what I mean. I'm refreshing your memory about it. And I'm asking you a question on based on that. So young Rene and um, Johan. Show me the screen a sec so I can make sure it's right on. Just move the comments and put it back on me. Look at that. Bit bright, that, innit? Turn your brightness down. You're not. There you go. That's quality. Young Rene. Oh, yes. And a young, where is it? Johan. He's a chain smoker, one of you on Cruyff. Yeah. Hey. That's mad, isn't it? Well, Bobby Charlton a chain smoker. Was it? I think so. Back in the day, though, people used to chain smoke as they were running down the wing. (laughs) 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 Do you know what I mean? It's just the dumb thing, wasn't it? You know what I mean? Um, Yeah, so you're having a conversation with Rene and Johan and reading his book. Comments. Yeah, so wanted to learn more, really, about Johan Cruyff. So, yeah, I I asked uh, Rene, you know, what's the Dutch people think of him? Because from the outside, I don't think you can always tell. I think sometimes you've got to ask someone. Like, I bet if you asked, like someone who's got like a weird perception maybe, like Beckham, probably a bit underloved in England, if anything. Yeah. And I bet if you asked like Spanish people, I bet they go, oh, I bet everyone loves Beckham in England. That's a good point. And then they go, no. You know, so I thought I would ask a Dutchman and say, you know, what's your sort of perception of the guy? And he was like, yeah, best player that's ever played for. Is there any resentment towards him for not playing in that 78 final? In Uh, Holland? World Cup, sorry, yeah. I think so. A little bit like we could, so that was our chance, and you in his, tossed it us. In his autobiography, he kind of says, "Yeah, well, there was a campaign to." I can't remember what the campaign was called. It was like, uh, it was like it was literally like get Rene to Argentina, sort of thing. Not Rene, get Johan to Argentina, right, okay. change Johan's mind or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it was yeah. like proper like catchy thingy. Um, but yeah, he won't have it. Like you said, stubborn guy. This is it though, isn't it? But like proper saw his ass with a lot of people a lot of times because he wanted it to be done. His way. That was it. Is he is he the, the, the patient zero at Barcelona? Is he the one that leads to everything? Renus Michaels might have Right. You know what I'm on about it, don't you? For for anyone who doesn't, because Yo, I do. Guardiola, I, no, I'll, Mourinho. I'll pull it out further. Yeah, right. Pull it Guardiola, out further. Mourinho, Van Gaal, like they've all come from Barcelona. Like, is he the A V B come through a little bit of A V B from Mourinho, yeah. There's like Cruyff. Like the family oh, sorry, tree. Um What's it called? Louis? Yeah. Rijkaard? Yeah. It's, you know, it all goes back to Barca. It's, it's that book. Jonathan Wilson's book. Right, okay. The Barcelona Legacy. It should be called The Johan Cruyff Legacy. Is, that, is he the star of it all? Renus Meikles really is big. I'm not going to pretend. It, I, I know who he is. I think he was Ajax manager, but he was right. also a Dutch manager. Okay. Um, and I think he was the guy, and again, without this move, this probably didn't happen, but... I think Renus Meikles was the guy that took Cruyff to Barcelona in the first place. Ah, right, okay. And then, obviously, Cruyff takes over as manager, and then we start seeing all these players who, and, and people. Yeah, and he, he, had, he had a big hand in wanting all sorts of stuff, um, youth development-wise and training-wise and tactics-wise and, and all the rest of that sort of thing, and La Mesa and arguably, like, your... 
your Iniesta, Xavi generation is Cruyffs. Right, okay. Yeah. Really. Even though, like, he's removed from them, the legacy's his. Yeah. Really. Well, sometimes it's like that. It's like with the Scouts, isn't it? Everyone goes about Shankler. And Paisley won a lot more. And I don't want to use this Scouts as an example, but it works. But Shankler's the one that started it all. He's the one that turned him from, you know, whatever they were. League. Wasn't Paisley a physio? I can't remember what he was. And, but it's something like that. Yeah, something like that. And yeah, he might be right, actually. And then he has, you know, wins all those, you know, European Cups by playing part-timers all the way to the final. But, you know, Shankler's the one that started it. So is it like that with Barca? Croyce, the one that's... Obviously, they're a massive club, but he's the one. I mean, the first Champions League was under him, wasn't it? Because they didn't win the first one until 92, did they? Yeah, after they... After the loss to us, yeah, in the in the bigger competition, in the bigger competition, one that matters. Then thought, hang on, we're not going to win a Europe Cup in this club because United beat us, so we'll try and win this European Cup thing. That's obviously a little bit yeah. less prestigious, but still counts as a trophy. But yeah, he was he was instrumental in that. But when you look at like the fingerprints of it, just go across Europe and the the sort of like the reverberations of what he tried to do. Pep is a disciple of of his. He's also a disciple of Bielsa. It, it, but the the kind of all roads really lead a lot to Cruyff. And it's, mad. it's mad for a, a player who was that good because you don't get that. No, you don't. Players who were the top level, and I mean the yeah, greatest go, ever. I just fucking beat four Ben and bang it in the corner. What's matter with you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what do you mean you can't do that? Right, get out. Watch. There you go. Now just repeat what I've just done. Right, you're fired. But... You don't tend to get the players like, you know, look at the greatest players we've seen. Some of the best players we've seen. Brian Robson didn't really happen for him as a manager. Roy Keane didn't really happen for him as a manager. I know Scolzi's still sort of finding his feet or whatever. But, you know, the best players and especially the very, very best players don't tend to have success as a manager. He's the exception to that rule because, I mean, maybe now you can throw in Zidane as well. But Cruyff was one of the best players ever and then had unparalleled managerial success. Zidane's not like written the doctrine no no on how to be a footballer and, and like gone no 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 you're all doing uh, play development wrong this is how you do it yeah Zidane's won some trophies yeah but has he changed football no no he's, he's played he's, the game as it as it is he's he's understood the rules and, and played it exactly he's not looked at the whole whole sport and gone I think we need to rip this up it's, I, <laughs> I mean it's almost, it, almost Busby asking it mm. and I won't say that lightly but it's that whole thing of looking at it and going no like, I and, I, and I, it working. Yeah, I know something of, everyone else doesn't know. You get loads of people who scroll shit in, you know, or scroll fucking things on walls in toilets in shit. It doesn't mean they're right, <laughs> you know, and it doesn't mean that they're successful with their fucking mad hairbrained <laughs> ideas. But both Busby and Cruyff managed to look at the entire picture, and I would argue Fergie never changed the game. No, Fergie I don't, was no. ultimately very, very successful, but he wasn't himself a revolutionary of the game. He didn't, you didn't look, there's not a post and pre-Ferguson except Manchester United. No. That it doesn't go around the game. Now, he might have had a big impact on certain things in the Premier League, but he's not changed the game. So Matt Busby changed the game by saying, you can play young lads. Yeah. And watch what they do. And the manager <clears throat> can put his tracksuit on and get on the pitch with them. Mental. Yeah. What are you doing? What are you doing? Why are you not in your office? Where's your trilby? Yeah. And we are going to play in Europe. That's the future. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, Visionary. Vis- completely. 
completely in so many ways that I still felt now. Yeah. No one's ever going to change the fact that Matt Busby, when Chelsea said, no, we're not going to do it because the FA won't let us, Matt Busby said, well, yeah, we're doing it. Yeah, we are. Yeah, we're, <laughs> we'll do, you know what I mean? It's, you're always going to have that yeah. and it always goes back to him. And, and I think Cruyff like, is that Cruyff. and yeah, and 100% that. It's fascinating, uh, it really is. And I don't know how many more people want, would want to say Pep was, but not really. He built on what Rijkaard had done and he built on what Cruyff had done and he built on what Bielsa had done but I'm not sure he's entirely changed the game. Norwich City played fucking tick attacker in 1993. Southampton under your mate Potts played tick attacker. Yeah. Like, do you know what I mean? It doesn't, you know. It, it, I mean, that's not, after it. Sorry, that's after it. Yeah, but. It's not, this isn't new. People yeah. have played possession football, and but really, it came. Jump at Boya and blow your man at the same time. Go on. So in the first. Um, Football and we will read the super chat in a minute, baggers. Don't worry. The first, super, the first um, international between England and Scotland, which I believe was 1872. Right. England was a, a much bigger side, known for the kick and rush kind of game, yeah. which was all about charging. And Scotland looked at it and went, "We get fucking murdered." So let's pass the ball around. Yeah. And Scotland didn't lose for the first 16 internationals because they basically developed a passing style of play, which was completely at odds to everything that was being done on the world stage at the time. So passing game versus like the very physical sort of direct game, it's happened for 150 fucking years already. Right, okay. 129 if you want to get technical. I'm glad you did the maths. <clears throat> so 149. Like it, it fucking, it's not brand new. Right. Like, but some of the concepts of Busby, some of the concepts of Cruyff, and I, I'm fascinated by him. And I, you know, I'm open to, you know, Brian Clough fascinates me. Did he change the game? Not really. Ultimately successful playing within the parameters of the rules of there's, games. There's that a existence. difference in there between changing a game and doing something in a different way. Do you yeah, know what I mean? Like could be extraordinarily one of successful. Yeah, and he was that. Yeah, unbelievably successful. Did things that even to this day we look at and go, "That's mental," but it worked for him. What he did was basically taking over where Nottingham Forest are today <laughs> and winning a Champions League for him in 24 months. <laughs> Imagine, Imagine me sitting here going, here's what we're going to do. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. You go, that's not happening, is it? Yeah. Is it not? That's literally what the fucking crank did. Right. Let me just read these because I've got Joel Prespoluski. Uh, are there Italian delis in Manchester? If you're ever in the US, you should go to one. Um, if that's an invite, we'll be there. I'm sure there are, but I don't know of any. Yeah. I mean, Northern Quarter's got everything. Oh, God, yeah. Um, Stephen McKinney says, Matt Busby got it from Jock Steen. I don't know if that's true. I don't know if that's true. I think Certainly that not the youngsters. And if you look at it, Matt Busby as well, he was doing that in the army during the war, working with like, like Joe Mercer, I think was his assistant at one point, who went on to obviously uh, have success with City without spending five billion quid in the process. Mm. Um, no. Sorry. Bad idea. Uh, I, I, I don't really know. They're probably opposite fans, probably don't even know who he is. Um, but Busby was doing it sort of from day one throughout his career. So there might there was I know there was a sort of connection there. A lot of these coaches knew each other and worked together and were actually friendly. But I don't know if he got it from him. I think Busby was a pioneer, and he's he's you know he's, he's renowned as the, the godfather of football for many reasons, and that's one of them. And you know my thoughts on Jimmy Murphy as well. He, he was a massive part of all that. But they pioneered it. People like Clough, like Pep Guardiola, like Mourinho. I don't think they're necessarily changing it the way things are done. They're just very good at it at what they do, mm. and they're incorporating different styles that are already there. Whereas, you know, you're talking about someone like Cruyff, like your Busby's, they're inventing things. Mm. 
know what I mean? Literally, that's not been done before. Mm. So, you know, I'm I'm well open to, you know, if anyone else has got any other recommendations for shit like that, I'd be um, I'd be bang at any of those. That's a good point by Santa Notch. Uh, Peter Taylor is the most underrated co- coach. Clough was the main man, uh, was the man manager, but Taylor was the scout and found the players for him post-Taylor. Clough was less successful. Yeah, that's a really good point, that. I think, I think those he was also were. a proper piss can, which clearly affected a lot of things. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Um, but... They, they obviously work well together. And I think to a lesser degree, it was the same with Murphy and, and Busby. I think those two were perfectly complemented each other. Yeah. And a lot of the time, it, Murphy was doing the sort of one-to-ones and the, you know, nurturing that. And it was Busby. That's it. I don't, I don't necessarily think we've had any of the um, sort of storytelling in depth, maybe as much as we, we could have about what the relationships of a lot of those people was like. And, and even with Fergie, it's still a massive fucking mystery. And, you know, I do my best that, you know, I absolutely bend the fucking ears out of anybody I managed to get cl- that's your know, worked under him and yeah, stuff like yeah. that to try and to get some sort of an insight and you know we tried it here with Rene like oh, what did they look like from nine o'clock go. Man, it's just <laughs> mental, it? it's like, that's what it's like. It? It's like uh, RH in the coaches out awesome football genius by he the knows. way. Yeah, RH knows. RH up the RH. Yeah, Jock Steam's still playing while Busby was building the babes. Yeah, I don't. Um, Danny Eagleton, glad you mentioned Jim Murphy's impact on MUFC. Should never be able. To, I'll mention him every, every. I think I mention him every week. I'm on this podcast for a reason, mate. Because uh, Ian Greenhouse says you should study Jimmy Hogan. Uh, he invented total football at the Dutch and the Barcelona used. Okay, I will do. Have you ever looked at like South America? I know you have, but I'm scared anyway. South American football. Yeah, some of the things I want to go. That. It's mad, isn't it? Because a lot of the, like that started from people going over from Europe. Yeah. And you know, that's why a lot of them have unheard got, like, of like Scotsmen and people who that's just why went over got, like and Corinthians and stuff they're all got like British <laughs> kind of names so some random dickhead just went <laughs> over there and was like this is a football what 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 <laughs> now kick along natives yeah. oh hang on a minute no you're... no no don't <laughs> pick it up with your hands you savage yeah oh what's this now you're better than everyone else are. that's <laughs> it <laughs> no don't play it in the street with no socks what are you doing <laughs> kick it harder <laughs> it's mad it is but I love all that. I love all those stories when you look at like Argentinian football, the influence of some of the people went over there and obviously oh, Athletic Bilbao. Yeah. They're not called Atletico. It's called Athletic Bilbao. It's a British guy that um I think it was Newcastle he's from, I think. Somewhere really? Like, somewhere like that. It's quality that. Might be wrong. Might be might have been Southampton, which is where they play red and white, maybe. Oh. One of those. Uh yeah. Football in South America was started by the Englishman who went to work there on the railways and yeah. See? Some knowledge in our comments, isn't there? Corinthians is from the Bible, come on. Yeah, but it was also from a guy that uh, was part of the club Corinthians in the UK, I believe, that went over there. It was Sunderland. I thought it was Sunderland. Ah. <clears throat> Typical Brits going everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then moaning when we get beat by him. I'd say one thing that's been good about this podcast. We've proper nailed the defence, the centre-back. Fuck that, no one cares. Does anyone, do you think anyone actually watches that podcast now thinking they're going to talk about this title? And what's I, on I hope not. I don't know. What is it you said? Fuck him. Well, no, not oh. that. <laughs> <laughs> and he didn't mean it. Remember when we were mint podcast? Yeah. That's what we do, eh? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? We talk about 991 Cup Winners Cup final. Alison goes through what books he's read and whether it's a muffin or a chip bar, we don't know the answer. And then, yeah, that's the way it takes us. Do you know how close rugby was to being the game that the world... Um, <sighs> so you're losing me now. Go on. No, but you never know. It could have started like this. So rugby was extremely close to being the game that the world played. And what was the fucking reason? Is this? I know, I know you're gonna get angry, but I'll ask you anyway. Is it rugby league or union? Unfortunately, it was rugby union, so right. I'm not happy about right, this. Okay. Um, but it was literally about 
you know, which game got there first, really. Be- because rugby union is quite popular, isn't it, in like South America still, like Argentina. A couple of spots. Like, yeah, a couple, a couple Argentina of spots. are quite big into it, I don't know. Um, but it's not like that. Yeah, you're right, cause like Brazil, I don't think it's massive over there and other places. So it's a pure fucking tourist sport. So the reason that the, the Rugby Football League <laughs> split from it in 1895 yeah, yeah. was because the Northern Mills and stuff like that, and r- literally Rugby League might as well be called the fucking M62 sport because right. it goes from like St. Helens yeah. all the way to Ull. Yeah. And then does like Salford, Leeds, fucking Bradford, yeah, yeah, et cetera yeah. in the middle, Castleford. That's it, really. It what? is mad that, like, the, yeah, the towns are massive on rugby league because it's yeah. like such a odd mix. It's literally the M62. It's like yeah. every junction, you know, from fucking Saddleworth, Halifax, fucking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you literally go across the M62. Yeah. Well, they got a town. Have they got a team? Who? Unslet? Of course they fucking have. What are you talking about? <laughs> no, where's this? Uh, St. Helens. Where's this? Wigan. Yeah, of course they've got a fucking town, you dick. Salford. It's literally M62. Um, but. The reason they all they all fucking split from what was going down south is down south they wanted to keep it as strictly amateur. Yeah. Um, but back in the day, like in the 1860s, 70s, and 80s, there was getting some more more crowds than football was. Really? Yeah. I'll have to I'll have to dig it out and I'll get it for the next podcast. The reason why football and not rugby became is it the not sport. just because football's better? No. No, it was a, it's a mad reason where you go fucking hell, really? Because you look at Hull. Hull's got one football team yeah. and DOS rugby league teams. Yeah. That could have happened more places. Do you mean Wigan? I know they've got Wigan Athletic, but it's a rugby town. Of course it is. Do you know what I mean? It really I mean, St. Ellen's. Yeah, mate, come on. One of the most successful rugby league team teams ever. And and St. Ellen's football team are in northwest counties. Exactly. exactly. And look at where St. Ellen's is. And you're surrounded by all these football teams that are uber successful, but you're a rugby town. And in Leeds, you've got a very successful rugby league team. And I I don't even know what their football team is. Warrington. Warrington's in between Manchester and Liverpool. Now, Manchester's got a lot, well, got one big football team. I think the Scousers might have a couple of teams, I'm not sure. And yet they're rugby rugby town. That's it. But it's on the M62. See, it's mad, isn't it? But yeah, it's it's very interesting about how and why. So obviously, 1895, the Northern Rugby Union. Witness, someone says, yeah, good point. It's got a a junction on the M62. Um, The... um, What's it called? The the northern teams yeah. wanted to pay their workers for having Saturday afternoons off so they could play. Yeah. And obviously all the fucking Tories down south was like, oh, you don't play for money. No, it's a gentleman's sport. Yeah, bingo. Right. And it, it, rugby union only went professional, even though it fucking definitely was professional before this, in like the 90s. Really? 1990s. Bloody hell. That's mental. That's how you know it's toried up as fuck. I think we've complimented a lot of people on this podcast today, me and you. Especially you. You've complimented everyone in Rosfield. Everyone likes Rugby Union. Cockneys. Have I missed anyone out? No? I think that's it, yeah. It's been full of it. Who was that? Tories as well, yeah. I've done well. What's their problem, mate? No, no, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not arguing about it. Rugby and lacrosse and Peter Kelly again. He says, I like international rugby union since it's the only sport other countries play that Ireland are actually good at. Fair enough. I've never got into rugby, mate. I haven't. I know you used to play it for Salford, didn't you? And I'll give. Well, I'll allow that because it's Salford. Well done. Um, I used to cover it slightly. I used to cover the press conferences rather than the actual games, more or less, because he had was it Marwin Kukash, who was just office box tits. office. He's a United fan as well. It may some of the most bonkers press conferences I've ever been in, and I've been in Lou Van Gaal press conferences <laughs> were with him. Yeah, where he literally just get his well, not literally, but he well, get you know, players he sold and the throw club, them right under the he bus. He sold the club back to the fans. Yeah. 
Yeah. Which you've got to you got to respect. And in doing so, they appointed a couple of ex players to the board and um obviously went on and had their most successful seasons ever. Yeah. Phenomenal. Yeah. He's just, <laughs> he just He just seemed like I mean, he's fully batshit crazy. Yeah, I was about to say, like... But yeah, in fact, you've got to give him props no, for he's, being he's, the guy that sold good. the club back to the fans. Uh, rugby league, epic to watch. Rugby union's epic to play. Wrong. Right, here's the fact, right? So, obviously, I don't know how many of you know this. Um, Go on, I was going to ask you something. I, I used to play rugby league up until I was 21, and then people realised that I wasn't that good, and I never got offered a, a contract to play first team. But I played academy for five years. Right, okay. Um... From 2000 to 2005, right. I was playing academy, rugby league, Super League Academy for a couple of years with Salford, three years with Salford, and then I joined the army, and then did a year with Keefley, and then a year with Doncaster Dragons. Okie doke. Um, now, rugby league's hard. Rugby league's like doing a bleep test and getting like attacked by a gang in the middle of it like four or five times, right. and getting twatted. Right. That's how you feel after you've done it. It's like an 80-minute bleep test with assault in the middle. Yeah. Um, Rugby Union. So I'd play a game of Rugby League, right? Yeah. And I know you look at me now and I'm fat and you go, don't think so. But the one thing I had about me was fitness and work rate. Yeah. That was literally all I had in my locker. I wasn't big for my for my position, but I had fitness and work rate and I would fuck you up. Right, okay. And I'm not taking it in because that's a mugs game. <laughs> but I'll do, I'll do 40, 45, 50 tackles a game. Right. Which is a fucking severe amount of tackles. You are right, because like, I don't know anything <clears throat> about this, so you're speaking to a layman. Now, I saw um, Ireland Rugby Union piping themselves off because one of their players made eight tackles in a game. And, and you were like, doing 40, uh, 40 to 50. <laughs> you get, it's I'm just such ask, a different Is there a massive difference between Union and League? Yeah. Because I which So, is... it's, everything's just intensified. Right, okay. The clock stops and the ball goes out in Rugby League. Right. The clock never goes out. Join the fucking about kicking it lineups. Yeah, all yeah, that. Yeah. Like, clock stays going. Okay. I I could play a game of rugby league and I need to go and have a nap afterwards. Right. Fuck. Like literally yeah, drained. Yeah, yeah. I could play a, a game of rugby union. Play another game of rugby union. Right. Like I played for I played for my regiment in the army, which is apparently considered as a big thing. Yeah. And I was bored. Really. Bored, mate. Is it? Is it? Right. Okay. Yeah. Is it? A lot of people play both because I know that would. Became a thing, didn't it? I, I'm not really. Like when was it Martin of Fire and all that switched codes, as you say? But not really, right? Martin of Fire was at Salford when I was there. Was it? It's like having Pele in your team. Yeah, I remember because even I was never into rugby, but I knew Martin of Fire was because he was like the superstar, wasn't he? Like Ellie Anley or something like that. Had a like, right pipe on him as well. <laughs> Just saying. Um, Owen says, I played rugby union. The league is so much more intense. Uh, so many people can hide in a union game. Here's the thing as well. When I say rugby league is like a bleep test, you're literally doing that. You're 10 metre back and forward, yeah, retreating yeah. And, and attacking. You've got to move the defensive lineup to uh, put pressure on the attack. In rugby union, they stand there. Right. Now, this alone means that the collisions are intensified in, in rugby league right. because I'm running at you and you're running at me. So it's like a fucking car crash. Whereas rugby union, I'm standing still, but you might have only picked the ball up there and then ran at me. It's not yeah. an intense collision. Right, okay. So like a, rug a rugby league tackle is multiples of the intensity of a tackle. So it's, it's harder every time you tackle and you're doing 10 times the tackles. Right. Madness. <laughs> to be fair, whenever I've watched either, and I don't watch a lot of it, it just looks a bit too violent for me. Mate. I'm not into more like me. I know you are, you're a lunatic. But I'm not. <laughs> I'd rather not get me a kicked in whilst playing a sport, if I can be brutally honest. Um, so much more skill required for Union. No. 
just no. No. Me. I, I, I was a loose forward. Now, good loose forwards, like the, the fucking like generational loose forwards like Ellery, Ellery Hanley. Yeah, I've heard of it. They're going to fucking smash you. They're going to tackle the living fuck out of you. Then they're going to pick the ball up, beat a few men, mix play up, link play up, stuff like that. Well, the reason I'm not a professional rugby league player is I didn't do that. <laughs> I only did the defending part of the game. I was shit going forward. <laughs> right. I was quick, but you know, I wasn't very good. Uh, I mean, you know, at least you had your time there in the academy. Someone to tell the grandkids, innit? Eh? Um, we pl- I played against um, Australia as well. Really? In a test match, yeah. You know. Google a guy called Brent Tate. Brent Tate. Yeah. His neck's about as wide as my belly is now. Um, the week before, he um, had made his debut in the senior Australia team at mm. 17. At 17? 17. The guy was a fucking machine. He looked like Terminator. Jesus right? 17 years old, played a full test match for Australia. The following week, plays against Stephen Housen from YouTube. Must have been like a fucking night off for him. Honestly, I don't think I made an inch on him all night. He just fucked me up. Any time I got it, he was there. He folded me up and he fucked me off. I don't think there's any uh, shame in that, to be <laughs> brutally honest with you, mate. He's like trying to tackle a boulder yeah. every time I went near him. You don't him. need to be too embarrassed about that one. So yeah, Google him, Brent Tate. He fucked Brent me Tate. up, basically. Seems to be a lot of people that know a lot or have a big interest in uh, rugby, which is uh, interesting. A lot of Northerners watching, maybe. Yes, maybe there is. But yeah. So there you go then. Um, so that's, co- that's covered the centre back issue at Manchester United. <laughs> <laughs> I hope we've cleared that up for you. So now you know who we're going to be getting. See, as Shaz has, has got the fucking mood of the room in here, he Go goes, on. Your club became a joke when your fans didn't drive out Pogba. That's exactly what we're talking about, mate. He's took the pee all the time he's been there. <laughs> right. right, okay, yeah. Glad you, I'm glad you've commented on that. I think Notch might have just Googled him. <laughs> what a neck, jeez. Yeah. <laughs> Joe S says, is he related to Andy Tate? Uh, I don't think so. Uh, they cancelled a lot of the start stopping league with the intro of the I think there's a few people Googling this lad here because Ross Murphy just said, Jesus, look at that now. Yeah. I, I can't tell you how much of a night off I give him. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to have a little Google. There's a couple of times where I've said something fucking stupid. I know you're thinking, Steve, that's Steve, not you. Steve Housen say something stupid. There was once, there was a, uh, I played for Manchester. Um, when Manchester was playing National League 3 and my old man was a coach and I think I was 16 um, so I'm fucking 16 I was never big so yeah. I'm probably fucking all of 5 foot 9 at the time you're just yeah. googling him yeah I am <laughs> oh what <laughs> so look he's got like some sort of thing on there I think to keep it in place yeah he's a fucking unit he played centre so he played as a back yeah he, he absolutely fucking bent me in half he's got so, right neck on him um, yeah, he fucking murdered me. So there's a couple of times I, I say things like this. We beat our fucking opposite man. We win the game. Simple as that. Joe, yeah. f- pure cliche shit. Yeah. It's not changed. No. So before kickoff, that's my fucking vibe. I'm psyching myself up yeah. and I'm Passion. usually fucking very aggressive and fucking shouty. And I said something along the lines of, we beat our opposite man. We win the fucking game. And twice someone's gone. You see who your opposite man is? <laughs> <laughs> So, for Great Britain, I was playing centre, and I'm playing against that fucking animal. The, the guy with the neck that I've not seen anything like, the neck the size of Salford. The other time, I was 16. Yeah. There's a guy called Danny Averton, who's just, again, just an amateur player, local round here, a good fucking player. And he goes, um, 
he was about to kick off and uh, playing loose forward. I'm in the middle. I'm, wait, I'm in the middle of the kickoff, and I would always try and make the first tackle. That was yeah. all the thing I wanted. Ah, right, okay, fair enough. We're about to kick off, and uh, I go fucking smash your fucking opposite man. Win the fucking game. Let's go. And he goes, yeah. see who your man is. Uh, and just as he says that, there's a giant of a man. He's, and he's a. If anyone's from Rotherham, in the in the comments, you probably know this guy because he is like he was an old pro who then played amateur and stuff like that. And it was him. It's called John Dudley. He's an oh. actual giant. Right. He's about 6'10". He's an old bloke. He's not fast, but he's fucking enormous, Jay. And I'm 16. And just at the time that he turns around, he's got 13 on his back. Oh, for fuck's sake. Oh. <laughs> and again, I'm gonna, I threw my entire fucking ancestry into him and didn't budge him. Mate, I love that. <laughs> um, Baggers, can you see that comment from Remedies? Right, it's fixed there. Someone asking about the Manscaped linked. It should be working now. Uh, Finley Beecroft Phillips says, did you ever play in Leeds? Steve? Yeah, I made my Super League Academy debut against Leeds. Oh. There you go. A couple of players you might have heard of, Chev Walker, JJ Buchanan. They packed me up and fucked me off and all. You might be seeing a fucking trend here. I was little. <laughs> I mean, I can't say shit. I haven't played rugby in my life, so I'm not about to criticise your rugby career. At least you had one. Girth on that neck, Jesus. About a foot long and all. I love that. Very northern way of speaking. Ever uh, play any Cumbrian team, Steve? This has become Stephen Alson's rugby career. Told you it? to do bits one day. <laughs> <laughs> Took rugby league short. <laughs> what about London Broncos, Steve? Lol. Uh, I never played against Broncos. When Steve was little podcast. When we were mint. Yeah, when we were mint. That's the new title, isn't it? Well, well, it was also mint when I was little. Ah, oh, there you go then. Yeah. Not so much in my 30s. Stephen could have played for Scotland. <laughs> uh, no, I actually played for Scotland. Um, so this is a funny story. Go on. What time are we on? Go on, you can wrap it up with this. Yeah. So, um, while I was at college, yeah. I had a phone call. Doing basic literacy. Nothing wrong with that. Did A-level uh, maths, mm. maths, IT, Shall and PE. A-levels. I didn't finish it. No, I didn't get any A-levels either. So, I... Um, I got a phone call from a, a fellow that was the coach of the Great Britain team. And he goes, where was you today? And I was like, oh, why? <laughs> What's with the questions? And he said, we just had a trial for the England team. I was hoping to see you there. I went, oh, why? He said, because there's a home nations coming up in the next month. And I was like, oh, I didn't know. And he goes, right. He goes, well, we've got a problem here because he goes, I can't pick you for Great Britain. And I wanted to pick you for Great Britain. Now, you already know that I get to play for Great Britain because I got oh. twatted off the guy with no neck. Yeah. Right. So there was a loop. What's the loop, you say? Yeah. So he goes, well, I, what, I had you in my mind to play for Great Britain, but you went to the fucking trial and I can only select players that play in the home <sighs> nations. He Steven, goes, Stephen, Stephen. Have you got any Scottish or Irish ancestry? And I went, oh, uh, no. Well, that's a lie. Well, it's not. Everyone's got Irish ancestry. Oh, right. Okay. Well, none that counts. Right, all right. So he goes, he goes, oh, good. And I was like, I definitely said no. <laughs> and he went, sound, I'll forward you some details then. Just look out for the post. All ah, right, he's, he's speaking in front of someone. Yeah. Right, I'm with you. I didn't know that. I'm fucking 18 and play rugby. I'm thick as fuck. Right, okay. I'm only marginally less thick now. Yeah, that's true. Whereas I might have gone, oh, I know what you're doing. Right. I was like, no, I said no. What, what, yeah. Where are you going? Um, so then a fucking pack arrives for me in the post and it's like, right, go to, <laughs> who's at Crew and Allsager? Joe, um, MM, you've got a fucking... What'd you call it? Campus in Crew. What? Imagine going, oh, mum, I've been accepted to Manchester University. All right, what part? Crew. Yeah. All right. right. Two right. hours away. Yeah. 
So they go, right. Um, basically, <laughs> I turn up. Go on. This, basically, what happened is the Scotland team was not so good and they had space and it was like, right, well, let's get someone in. All right. So they got me in, played first game, played against Wales, had a fucking rate good game. Yeah. And I think I've got the VHS of it. If we can figure out a way oh, of putting a VHS mate, there's on There's got to be a way. There's always a way. People get VHSs onto YouTube so they, and all that. They sort. made me learn the fucking yeah. Flower of Scotland. Right. I had to sing it in front of them. That was shit. Right. Proper shit. Yeah. And then um, played against Wales, had a fucking right good game. Uh, played against Ireland, had a good game. Played against England, played the worst game of my life. Not on purpose, but I knew the entire England team. So do when you know one player on a team and then you two have a little thing? Well, what about when you're the only player the entire opposite team knows? So they fucked me, basically. And I was also just, I just got fucking done, basically. Yeah. And I was shit. Right. And I was the only player. Apart from the fact they all knew you, you got done and you were shit. You were doing well. Oh, I had a bad game. Do you just go, I did not have a good game. I made about four tackles. It just fucking didn't go well for me. Um, and somehow still got selected to go. And agree. I was yeah. the only Scottish player, Scottish, yeah, to uh, to get selected. Right. Yeah. Well, someone said, and forgive me, uh, Ross. Oh, there he is Ross is on United. Is it just me? Or have they actually not talked about centre backs? Yes. Centre backs yet? I think we've covered centre backs quite extensively on this podcast. I think anyone who's watched it all the way through will be proper enlightened about the centre-back situation at United and who's coming in in the summer. Cameron, just for anyone joining, the board outside on a new centre-back, Luke Shaw is our new ball-playing centre-back, so we're chatting about Steve's rugby There career. you go, that clears all out. Someone as well, I missed it, who was, ah, who said they had ah. a bet on Steve Bruce in the 1991 Cup Winners' Cup final and Sparky robbed him of the Santa Notch quid. in the comments there. That was it, Wayne List, thank you. Wow. Santa Notch in the comments there has put in quotations, Steve Howison. If you actually search that, that was what they had my name down as in the um, like the match reports for playing for Scotland. Really? And I'm not sure it was deliberate. I think they just fucking spelled my name wrong. Right, okay. Because <laughs> so, I, I tried, a, I, was like, I was like, I wonder if there's any fucking info on this, because it's internationals. Like, yeah. it was a big thing. What is it? Hang on a minute. Go, what is it, Steve? Howie. Howie Sid. Yeah, I think it's Steve. Didn't he used to play for New, uh, Newcastle? Right, I'm gone. Steve. I have searched this recently. So Howie Sid. Let's have a look. Oh, no, I've, got, I've, I've done the old... I'm going to search Rugby League Scotland as well, just see what comes up. Um, that might be it. Where is it? 2017. This is a long list. Right. I'm, I'm, I'm conscious of the fact that this makes great viewing, seeing two guys sat on the phone scrolling looking for Steve Housen. So you can play this game at home if you want. Have a search for Steve Housen and see if you can find him and his mates with big necks. Um, <laughs> and in the meantime if you've not done so already you can check out the Manscaped link uh, that's in the description you get a discount on that also we've got the game coming up on Sunday we're playing West Bromwich Albion are you here Sunday a lot? yep soft lad yep he's going to be here Adam McCall's going to be here Joe Smith's going to be here so we're going to have the pre-match show with him and Baggers then you're going to have the watch along and you're going to have all the post-match reaction as well uh, you've done a transfer review haven't you? I have so yeah. if you want to hear about centre-backs and targets and all the Shit, we should have been speaking about on this podcast. It'll be in his transfer review, I'll take it. So don't panic. Send tomorrow morning there. That'll be out there. So make sure you watch that. Um, also, for members, there's a new members video with me and Baggers that's up on the channel. Um, anything else you've got to add? That's enough from you. Uh, that's been Stephen Allison. I've been Jay Mottet. This has been an extensive, insightful look at United's centre back situation. Thanks for watching. 
Social Podcast Network.